It is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. On today's edition of the show, we bring in Nick Fairbanks of PantherParkway.com where we discuss the Florida Panthers being in this new echelon when it comes to the NHL. We also discuss some of the exit interviews of the players and we talk about the possibility of moving certain players ahead of next season all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to this Friday, May 27th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast part of the lockdown podcast network where it's your team every day thank you for making the lockdown florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day i'm ramonda Velez from pantherparkway.com you can follow me on twitter at monoman12 follow the show account on twitter at lo underscore f l a panthers and thank you for making the lockdown florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day make sure to also subscribe to lockdown nhl and the crosscheck nhl show with andrew berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, there's been we we've been at it now for a few days of being in off-season mode for the Panthers. Of course, by the time this episode comes out on in the audio version on Friday. It would have been a game six for for this series uh, between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the reality is that this Florida Panthers team has fallen short uh, of where they wanted to be. But however, once again, there is a positive direction for this team um, and this franchise, at least in my book, based on where the Panthers are and the process that they're going through and putting the work in again to make sure they're in a place to eventually lift Lord Stanley's cup. But on this edition of the show, we're going to discuss more about what has transpired after since they got eliminated in game four on Monday night, they had their exit interviews on Wednesday and the ice at FLA live arena has officially been plummeled. Uh, and, now for removals so and then the ice will be back uh for fla live arena starting in september for getting ready for the 2022 2023 season it doesn't change the fact that it hurts it doesn't change the fact that the florida panthers also had a pretty great season at least in the regular season but of course the expectation of this team is to go beyond that and right now it's Time to begin laying the groundwork in order to get there. But let me bring in my guest on the show, uh, Nick Fairbanks, as usual, on these Fairbanks Fridays edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. A clean shaven Nick as well as well with with myself. Uh, Nick, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm actually doing pretty well. Um, I still got the five o'clock shadow coming in. Um, I did shave uh, a couple days ago, and I guess, uh, you know, the beard wasn't really ready to go. But, um, you know, I, I think I'm through the fifth stage of grief right now where I've kind of accepted, you know, what has happened 
Uh, it's been a wild ride all season. And, um, you know, all you can do is, you know, tip your hat off to the team because they did get past, uh, you know, the first round. Um, did they end up with the ultimate prize? No. But I also think that, you know, as you said, going forward, the team is going to be set up for success if they can plan accordingly. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I think after game two, I, I think I already had in my mind that it was pretty much uh, over just because the way that we felt and when we recorded that actual show, I, you have to think that the team almost felt the same way. Like, okay, like, wow, um, that happened. And uh, it was devastating. But, you know, again, all you can do is look forward and uh, hopefully that they can uh, put some pieces together for another run next year. It's funny because... <clears throat> After game two, when we had those disappointed looks in our on our faces, you and I never said the words, it's over. We never said those words because of the amount of faith we had in this team, because of the amount of those 29 comebacks this season for, for the Cats. And thinking that even though it was unlikely still at that time, that it's like you never want to count this team out. But of course, in the exit interviews that the Panthers conducted on Wednesday at FLA Live Arena, even Andrew Burnett said that in the postseason, it's not a winning formula to consistently fall behind in a series. And three out of the last um, three, the last three games of this series, the Panthers fell behind early and just weren't able to recover. And even at times in the Washington series, they were weren't able to to come to they they got behind early. Uh, and so it, it just really comes down to, even though it was a successful regular season, we, we spoke about it and many people on the national stage, uh, speak about, is this a, is this a team that can come back consistently in the postseason? There were, and, and those questions were all valid. Uh, like mm -hmm. we even said at the time, Steve Levy, we spoke about Steve Levy on this show specifically asking that question mm -hmm. and it kind of proves to, to be right for, for, for Steve Levy asking that question. We got bothered so much by it. A, a lot of us, <laughs> myself included at times, but it, it came out to be right for this team. It did. And um, you know, I, I don't know if it came to coaching or if it just, you know, I'll be honest, I, I laid on the players. I mean, they're the ones that have to play the game and, you know, they're the ones that have to make the changes. I mean, of course, they need the coaches to kind of, you know, guide them. But at the end of the day, it's up to them. And maybe they got bored during the season. You know, they were just rolling teams. It didn't matter. Uh, teams weren't playing them hard and they weren't, you know, playing them, you know, very tough defensively. Um, so I think that might have had a point to it. But um, I have to think that John Cooper was watching the Washington series very closely and seeing how Washington was defending and how successful they were against Florida. Um, I will say, though, that Tampa did a masterful job of containing the Florida Panthers. Like, they didn't deviate at any point during the series. They played the uh, trap game. They made sure that Florida wasn't able to get a lot of rushes. I mean, I think game one was the only one where they had a ton of rushes where they were able to at least try to – um, you know, score on. But other than that, it, that was it. But hopefully the team learns from that and understands now what it's going to take and that, hey, you know, if you stick to your game plan and you play defensively smartly, uh, you can go a long way. Mm. And Jacob even said it himself, trying to create good habits going into next season. And I'll say, I'll say this, even 
even if they have like five less wins next season, mm-hmm. I hope that the amount in comeback fashion is a lot less. I, I hope that I, I hope that it will give me a better feeling going into the postseason. I guess I guess it's something that will stick with me for a little bit, seeing, man, you had to come back this many times. Mm-hmm. And even if it results in less actual wins in the in the regular season, I hope that there's less of those comeback wins in or in order because of course you don't want to be falling behind early. But I do want to mention that it feels it feels kind of great that this team is in the new echelon slash territory no pun intended of where they are in the nhl the schedule of course the schedule's not out for next season yet it's not going to be for a little bit but we might see more nationally televised games for the panthers going into next season and no not those espn plus games um though but we could actually see more of those tnt espn games because of where they are now but of course as fans of this team and, and people who cover this team and talk about them we we expect this Florida Panthers team to be more than just a regular season team now. They we saw how much getting that playoff series win off their backs. Colorado is in there is in a different tier right now than the Florida Panthers. Of course, they're even though they blew their lead against the St. Louis Blues, now there's a game six in that series. But still, I still expect Colorado to get over that second round hump. There, mm-hmm. the of course. Um, we we mentioned Tampa Bay many times on this program that they they even um, went to the Eastern Conference final loss against Washington Stanley Cup final against the Blackhawks and lost. Now the Panthers are in that tier in the NHL where they're expected now to be to at least win a round again and make it to uh-huh. the second round. Now it's about getting over that second round hump. Of course, there's going to be less resources for the Panthers to make some trade deadline moves right. Um, when it comes to next season, but they're still in that tier that there are, that they have what they, they can put it together in order to advance past now the second round next season. Yeah. And I, I, I think it starts again with how they're going to start their games and how they're going to start their season. You know, they might come out slow um, to start the season because let's face it. I mean, you know, if you're playing that amount of games at that amount of speed and scoring that amount of goals, it's going to take a toll on you. So you have to wonder if the team, you know, is still going to have that hangover effect a little bit going into next season. So if they don't score as many goals to start off the season, it's, it's going to be okay. But um, I would caution that, you know, if they do get better, that, you know, if they start beating teams that maybe they don't go for eight, nine, seven, eight, nine goals, they actually, you know, dump it down and start scoring like five, four goals a game or not a game, but like, you know, in that relative range, as far as like when they are blowing teams out and then start to really implement more of a defensive structure, like, you know, what they would see in the playoffs um, to really get that practice. in because, you know, I, I don't think we can even put on one hand how many times that they were doing that in the regular season. It was just run and gun and score as many as you can. Yeah, we saw that especially in January with two back-to-back games against uh, Dallas and uh, Columbus in that in that stretch. We saw it against Tampa Bay in late December, as well. Uh, uh, even a road game in Columbus as well in a in a little bit of a week span for uh, this team. Hey, those were fun. Those those were fun. We we can't take away. We can't we can't say that that wasn't fun to watch regardless of that. No. So no, so it was, it was fun. definitely fun. Yeah, for for sure. But 
we're gonna we're gonna in the next segment we're gonna talk more about the exit interviews for the team and what we can read out of out of the quotes from the players uh before before they are off into their off season but first we're gonna tell you all about athletic greens and this our next partner is a product that i've been using every day and i started using ag1 because sometimes you just need a little bit of a break of from the coffee a little bit i know i know i can drink more more cups of coffee than i should so sometimes athletic greens helps me and it supports immune gut, gut health and it's super healthy it has a kind of mild tropical taste that i like look forward to every morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole force, whole food super source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients support your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging all the days. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water um, and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance second segment here on the locked on florida panthers podcast and thank you for making the locked on florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day i'm ramonda velez i got nick fairbanks here and also for your next listen of the day make sure to check out the locked on now podcast it's nightly recaps of every nhl game featuring your local experts it's free and available wherever you get podcasts so nick um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the exit interviews that the Florida Panthers had uh, coming into Wednesday. And, of course, there's some of the comments that you would expect from players. But, of course, some of them speaking about how successful the regular season is. Uh, but, of course, being a little down on themselves. And if, if I'm in that locker room and I'm playing and I fall short of, you know, only one of 32 teams can win the Stanley Cup. So, one 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 team is victorious at the end and everyone is everyone else is talking about what to do differently this offseason. We're one of the one of the 31 teams uh, talking mm-hmm. about it. So Barkov talks about how they didn't reach the goal that they wanted to. Um, and he also spoke about how Andrew Burnett did an unbelievable job with this group. However, he was asked about the Tampa Bay Lightning, about how how they came about to win those two Stanley Cups after falling short in 2019. What I really liked about what his response was, he spoke about is, we don't want to be like them. We want to be like the Panthers. We want to play like the Panthers. And of course, the 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 way they were playing beat up, up on all these teams um, a lot of the time throughout the regular season. And of course, their comeback wins. Uh, with With that, of course, it's got to reflect in the postseason, but still, the fact that Barkov wants to have his own, the the team has its own identity. I know, I know. Sometimes you can take a little bit away from different teams, but the fact that they want to implement their own identity to it, and of course, that's your leader and your captain speaking to it. So that's kind of what I like hearing out of Alexander Barkov. I know it's easy to criticize uh, Alexander Barkov after how he's played in the postseason of in the, in the, in the second round series. But of course the whole team didn't 
perform to par. But of course, it's great to see that the captain wants the Panthers to still not forget who they are and and want to be their version of what's hopefully to eventually be champions. Yeah, and uh, actually that's kind of refreshing to hear instead of just taking the normal beat line of like, yeah, you know, uh, kind of like what we talked about to be the champion, you got to be the champion kind of thing. But it, I think it shows the growth and also the maturity uh, with not only Barkov, but hopefully this organization that they have a way of that they want to do things and that they have a way that they have in mind that they want to win. Um, and if that's the way that they want to do it, then, you know, if they find a way, then hats off to them. I would only hope that they would take some lessons from what Tampa has done and is able to incorporate it into their own um, and make it their own as well. Um, you know, I, I, I work in a business that if you actually take best practices or you take su successful ideas and implement them into your own, it doesn't matter who thought them up or where they came from as long as they work and that they work for everybody. Um, I think that would be something that, you know, the organization would be very uh, smart to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, difficult decisions have to happen for this team going into, into next season. We spoke about how they're going to have to make some trades in order to, to bring uh, players back. Claude Drew was asked about whether he can see himself in a Panthers sweater next season. And honestly, those are the kind of responses that you kind of take with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Of course, of, of course you're it's, the free agency window hasn't even opened for for this team yet. The, the the game one of the Stanley Cup final hasn't even happened yet. So Drew's comments about wanting to come back, you know, it'll be awesome. I, I would love I would love to have Claude Drew back on a on a on a one year deal and take a veterans discount. But of course, there there's there's a team out in Ontario, uh, the Ottawa Senators, that are that are kind of linked to Claude Drew. So. I think of Drew's comments as a little bit of a, of a, okay, you're on this team right now. You got to say the right things because of course there, there is, there will be some type of offer on the, on the table for uh, Claude Drew going into, into next season. But is it, is it what he wants? Is it, is, is, is he go or does he think the, if he were to sign with Ottawa, does he think that there are, how, how far away does he think that Ottawa would exactly. be in order to win? And they're still a few years away. So what? It's like what? What is the decision that Claude Drew has to make here? Is it financial security or is it going for a cup? Yeah, and I think that's the main question you have to ask: is what's more important to him? I mean, uh, does he want a chance at another, you know, at winning a cup or uh, a chance to play in the Stanley Cup, or does he want to take more money uh, to kind of end his career and kind of set him and his family up. Um, you know, they look very happy down here. Um, you know, there was a couple of uh, photos that they post on Twitter of him and the family down here in South Florida, and they look yep. very comfortable and very happy. Something that I don't think was really um, shown uh, before when he was in Philadelphia, but you never know. Um, you know, family has a lot uh, to do with things, and I would not be surprised if he does end up resigning here uh, on a one-year deal. Hopefully it's uh, in the range of maybe two to $3 million. Um, I know that we'll talk about some possible moves we'd make, but um, I think that would be something that would be beneficial to both him and the Panthers. For sure. And that's, and that's what we're, we're hoping because of course you, you gave up a little bit to, uh, to get him. And um, also 
also I think about like kind of the human side of things when it comes to each and every individual player playing to a better level. Uh, and I think of someone like Sergey Borovsky. There was an awesome question that I really liked that Sergey Borovsky was asked in the exit interview about his season. And it was from David Dwork of Local 10 talking about how, how, how much did having a child improve how, how you played? And Bobrovsky talks about how having a child puts things in a different light as far as life. You think of different perspectives and all that. And it, it emotionally and spiritually, I'm sure that it's, it's helped them as well as far as focusing on the important things as well. And of course, that really helped in his play on the ice, having a his best season in a Panther sweater. And also, what I like about Bobrovsky and really makes me really respect him as a, as a human being, that he is the type of person who likes to stay in the present, as present moment as well. And of course, that's something that we could all take away from in life because if you're just focused on the on the horizon of what what's in the future, just looking after that destination and just and of course, you got to run towards it. Don't don't get me wrong. You got to run towards it, but to never forget to put the groundwork in at the mo- at that moment in time. And that's something that I'd really take away from from Sergey Bobrovsky's quote on just trying to be the best uh, goaltender he can be. And of course, like I said, I talked about that story about when I was when I was in the in the press for their game against Seattle, and then just walk into the locker room. It was a game that Bob did not start, and right as we were walking to the press room, he's like in the, in their gym working out and trying to get prepared. And that's kind of the work that Bob consistently does. And that, that the, the new child definitely puts a different light into him. I'm sure. Yeah. And you know, he's, he's been known to be a workaholic or, you know, somebody who's always kind of put the work in. Um, so there was never a question of that. I think the question came into is where was his mindset and was he here in the present um, there have been a, a couple of games where there were some, there were some shots on goal that got past him. And you're like, where was he on that shot? Or was he even paying attention? Did he expect it? So that shows that his mind really wasn't in the game. It was, you know, focused on something else or something else that he was working on. But, you know, he had the best season he did in a, a Panthers sweater. He now owns the all-time wins record for the Panthers from a goalie standpoint. Uh and he just he played phenomenal in the playoffs. I mean, he's argu- he was arguably our best player um, outside of Carter Verhage. But that's when you needed him to shine, and he did. And that's you know what's kind of sad about you know all this is that the team couldn't come through for him because he kept them in every single game. Um, you know, outside of maybe one or two. But even then, I mean, there were some saves that he made that he shouldn't have, or maybe a year or two ago, Bob would not have made it at all. So. Uh, really hope that, you know, this is something that really kind of turns him around and going into next season uh, that he, you know, continues that work and stays in the present and can continue his uh, role with the Panthers. Absolutely. I'm sure the the work doesn't stop there for, for Sergey Borovsky. But in segment number three, we're going to talk about a story from a national show uh, it's talking about the entire NHL, and they touched a little bit of light on the Florida Panthers uh, cap situation. They spoke about possibly a trade that the Florida Panthers could make this summer in order to clear some of their cap room. 
do we agree on it or do we not do Nick and I disagree on that statement? We're going to talk about that more on the other side of the break. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, And our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, Stanley Cup playoffs, fight, and next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Third and final segment on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here on this Friday edition of the show. So, Nick, <laughs> on Wednesday, I sent you the, the, the clip from 32 Thoughts of Elliot Friedman, of what he said about the Florida Panthers and Sergei Bobrovsky, and that there could be laying of groundwork for the Florida Panthers to possibly trade Sergei Bobrovsky. And I'm in the, I'm in, I'm kind of in the thought process of this was Sergei Bobrovsky's best season, but goaltending in the NHL is so hard to predict. We could see this great season from Sergei Bobrovsky and easily the very next season, it could be just falling off a cliff for someone. Mm-hmm. Kind of this year with Spencer Knight, he had those four great games in his in 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 2020, and started two two playoff games. And of course, um, even though he's tech, he was technically by by games wise, he was a rookie this year, Spencer Knight. But he struggled a little a little bit um, in the beginning, and then got a little better. So that's kind of the great situation that the Florida Panthers do have on their hands. And of course, after next year's um, Spencer Knight is going to be an RFA where he's going to look to get get paid i'm, I'm going to assume maybe around three four million uh for for spencer knight as of right now if his development continues but the elliot freeman spoke about laying the groundwork for a possible trade of sergey Bobrovsky, and i don't know i don't know if a trade happens i i don't I, I that would be a really hard trade for the florida panthers to make and i think of salary retained as well Mm-hmm. I don't think that the Florida Panthers can make it unless Bill Zito pulls some magic. I don't know if the Florida Panthers can pull up off a trade that they keep 0% of his cap if they were to make some type of mood to clear, clear some and, and coming off his best season as well. I know it's a high number and a big percentage of it, but I have a really hard time believing that they could pull off something. Yeah. Um, I, I think, with the surprise for me when I was reading uh, that article and, um, you know, listening, um, you have to think from a perspective of, um, you know, are, are you keeping talent around or are you trying to, um, you know, play off, you know, maybe a hot streak onto another team so that you can better position yourself going forward. I think if they were laying the groundwork for Bob to be traded and they tried doing it earlier this season, they were definitely trying to do that and recoup some assets or at least get some assets back in return so they could use towards this uh, trade deadline. But, um, you know, as you said, and as Elliot uh, mentioned that, you know, it's, it's going to be a hard pill to swallow for the Florida to, you know, get that cap hit off and whether that's going to be, you know, taking 25 or even up to 50% of the rest of the contract off. 
it's going to help in the cap, but at the same time, you're still going to be paying Bob $5 million each year to not play for you, which I don't know if you need motivation, but, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that Bob would use that and uh, <laughs> he would probably win every game against us. But other than that, I just, I don't know if the 5 million in extra space for the next couple of years is worth it. Um, you know, depending on what you get back. Um, I just, I don't think the package that the Panthers would be looking for would, you know, warrant that. And then on top of that, you have other areas where I believe you can make cuts and, uh, you know, hopefully cut some contracts that aren't working out or they, you know, maybe you get rid of them a a year early because you know they're going to want a bigger payday and you do not want to pay them. So this is my thought process into that. Mm -hmm. And I I hate to throw this player under the bus. I I, I don't want to see it as throwing this player under the bus, but with with the Panthers being at three point nine right now, you still got some RFAs to to qualify and offer even even this year for for the for the Panthers. But even to to chip a little bit of that space away, there's still one year left on Mackenzie Weger's contract. Uh, if if they're able to 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 move a little bit of that in order to create a little bit of space, um, that that would probably be somewhere that Bill Zito could look for because. Honestly, Uyghur's a great story, being a seventh-round pick for, for the Panthers. But one thing we learned is, as far as a cup-contending team, I don't think he's – I don't I, I flat-out don't think he's a top-pairing defenseman. I, I do think that he's a, he's a valuable middle-pairing defenseman over time. And of course, he's going to make the improvements this summer in order to come out better. And, of course, you think about all the takeaways that, the, that Mackenzie Uyghur creates on, uh, in creating transition going the other way. And of course, we could appreciate that of Mackenzie Weger's game, but of course, we see so many of the silly mistakes here, here and there for Weegs. And I'd be very hesitant if I'm Bill Zito to give him a big payday or even big, big term for the Panthers. So that three point two five for the for uh, Mackenzie Weger could be something that could be considered moving. And the the guys over at Locked On Senators uh, spoke about possible trade packages. I haven't listened to their show yet, but their thumbnail on their episode had a picture of Mackenzie Weger. So the Ottawa native uh, Mackenzie Weger, they could, who knows, um, Pierre Dorian could be working something as, along with Bill Zito on trying to create something for the Panthers because there, there's going to have to make, be some clap, um, cap clearing moves. Yeah. And uh, I think Weger would be uh, target number one. Um, you know, he, like you said, you know, he's a seventh round pick. He's, you know, definitely done his due diligence and you know worked his way up through the organization but I think a lot of the gaffes that he made uh this season um are inexcusable his decision making was not always the best and you can't have that when you're trying to play a shutdown type of um system in the playoffs where you're constantly taking penalties um I remember being there in game one for round two that two minutes into the first game, he takes a penalty in the offensive zone for no reason. And then, you know, continues to make bad decisions with the pucker misplays a player. Um, so you have that. And then you have some other contracts that will be coming off, you know, like Achari, you have um, other players, um, you know, Marchment that needs to get paid. And then, you know, the one player that hasn't been talked about that you and I talk about often that we both love him as a player and love him on the bench, but maybe it's time to move on. But uh, Hornquist uh, getting his contract off the books too, that would also help. So 
think of this, you, you get rid of Uyghurs 3.25 and then you get rid of um, Hornquist's five, almost $6 million off the books. You just created about $9 million extra on top of the 3.9. So you're at about 12 or $13 million of cap space. So you have some money that you can start throwing around to maybe Marchman, you can sign Uyghur, and then you have some money to probably possibly go in and fill somebody on D or um, hopefully elevate somebody from the team, uh, you know, from the checkers and on up to fill those, uh, those holes that we're going to have. Yeah. And speaking of the checkers, they're down 0-2 in their, uh, in their series. They lost against last the, night? Yeah, they lost last night. Again, oh, it, wow. A late power play goal by the Springfield Thunderbirds, their old uh, AHL affiliate. And, of course, this can change about their 2023-2024 cap space right now. Of course, $28 million in projected cap space right now for 23-24. But, of course, Huberto's new contract is going to be there two years from now. And Barkoff's is still going to be on the book. Um, Bob is going to be on the book as of right now. Spencer's going to get paid as well. Of course, And, of course, uh, you, the Panthers are going to go for uh, lower-level contracts right now in someone like Alexi Hepaniemi, who's an RFA uh, this season. Uh, Denisenko, uh, Hutsko, and Sir Noel have another year. Cole Schwitt has two more years. Justin mm-hmm. Sordiff, who's killing it in the WHL, has three more years after this year. So there, there's, a, there's a possibility. Uh, and uh, Indade in uh, speaks about, <laughs> ask, ask a question here about Fors- um, Philip Forsberg, Johnny Gaudreau, or Evander Kane. I think those. I think if you pay one of those guys, uh, I think it's goodbye to Jonathan Huberto. If you pay uh, Forsberg, Gaudreau, or Evander Kane, and I think priority number one for uh, Bill Zito is to try to get some type of extension with Jonathan Huberto. I think that's priority so, number one. Um, so here's a question: Would you rather have Philip Forsberg or Jonathan Huberto? <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot, but I already know my answer. I'm. I would say Huberto because of the homegrown the home. It's it's a homegrown product for for the Panthers, uh, second in points this season, and I I think he's his uh, not to crap on Forsberg, uh, but I but I think the I if you want to match term if you want to match term with Barkoff if you fi- sign Philip Forsberg this year for a seven year deal he'll be one off of the of the year for Barkoff because he's going to another team you can't offer the eight million eight year term because he didn't play for the Panthers previously. You can with Huberto and it's one more year. So you're talking about two more years on your cap mm-hmm. too. So you got to also think about those scenarios too, about term. As far as term, Forsberg would be a lot easier and Gaudreau. But as far as cap hit, we don't know how much the cap is going to rise as well for 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 the Panthers and, and for the NHL. I think for Huberto, we're going to see 10. It's going to match, uh, it's going to match Markoff's more than likely. But as far as the homegrown talent, and as far as his, uh, him, as far as the record for wingers, the left wingers, two, three off of wingers overall, mm-hmm. which was Nikita Kucherov in 2019, and uh, Yarmir Yager in '96. So those were those. He was three away from tying the assist record for wingers overall. Yep. And he's in his front. What's your answer? I would take Philip Forsberg just because I do think we need an actual shooter and somebody who's going to be able to play that physical game. I think Huberto disappeared because he doesn't play that game or if he does play the physical game, 
it unfortunately has a more of an emotional side to it where he does, he tends to get in trouble. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen him, you know, when he was younger that he would get into little scraps or whatever. And it's cause he was getting pushed around and he wanted to fight the person that was kind of pushing him around. But now like, I just, I don't see that type of game in him anymore. He, he doesn't like to, he, he doesn't play well, you know, when he's pushed around and also when he doesn't have a lot of space. So um, I, I think that getting a bigger body and also somebody who shoots could uh, open up options. And plus, you know, if, if Barkov could use another weapon that, that, I mean, a replaceable weapon, I think that could very well, um, you know, help out the Florida Panthers. And um, I know Nicholas uh, just made a comment about uh, E2 Lusterinen. E2-D2 is who we call him. <laughs> yeah, he's an RFA. He will get qualified. He definitely stepped up during the playoffs, and I don't think he'll have a problem uh, being on the team next year. He definitely um, plays some big minutes and plays some shutdown hockey that the Panthers need, so I wouldn't worry about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Phil Forsberg just got a career high in goals with 42 this season, mm-hmm. so if they're looking for another goal scorer, someone who, who when Barkoff is uh, – is, struggling to score they find another but uh as far as the the cap of, of what of what he's looking for and of course you'd have to facilitate a, a trade or or let huberto walk i don't know if the florida panthers are gonna and, and gonna uh go go empty-handed uh with yeah. trying to with trying to get something out of it so I, I i find that just very very unlikely as well so let us play nhl 23 it's okay let, let us throw our <laughs> our, you know, trade hopes or, you know, our imagination play out in a uh, video game style. Yeah. And, and one more thing about Sergey Borovsky, going back to, to, to Bob a little bit about what would, what were to, what were to happen if you were to buy out Sergey Borovsky, which I don't wish for the Panthers no. to, to, to do because a lot of uh, Sergey Borovsky's, uh, excuse me, a lot of Keith Yandel's contract will be on the books next year, 5.3 uh, to be exact. If you were to buy out Sergey Bobrovsky right now, the cap hit will be 5.7 um, this season, 6.7 um, the next three years, and then 1.7 the next four. Because um, just letting you guys know who don't know how buyouts work, it doubles the amount of the contract, just uh, it decreases the cap hit in the once the original contract was supposed to expire. So that is the that that is a place that I do not see there's like less than 1% chance that I see Bill Zito going in that direction. So no, don't, don't want it to happen again because it's going to hurt the Panthers next year. And that is definitely something that they don't want for, for Bob no. on that, on that, on that contract. No way. I don't, I don't care how much the cap is rising for, for, uh, for the NHL and the Panthers. So just the, just wanted to me- mention that um, right before, right before we sign off and talk about, where the Panthers go as far as like clearing cap space. Um, Nick, before we sign off here, do you have any parting words before we send out the listeners out for the weekend? Um, I really don't have too much. Just like I said, I kind of made peace with, you know, the series and the season uh, after game two, um, just because that was such a crushing and I don't want to say debilitating, but you know, you kind of saw the writing on the wall after that, but um you know, it's going to be an interesting summer. Uh, we did give up a lot during the trade deadline, things that we thought were necessary because, you know, we were poised for a long run. But at the same time, you know, you got to retool. You got to keep up with the best teams and everything. And we'll see what Bill Zito's got up his sleeve. I mean, he hasn't disappointed anybody yet. 
uh, with the moves that he's made. So I would not be surprised if he makes one or two moves to put the Panthers in position, not only for next season, but in the future. Uh, will that, you know, cost them more? Um, will that cost them more, uh, you know, younger players or draft picks? It might, but at the same time, you know, the ultimate goal is to win the cup. And if, you know, he can do that, then, you know, he might as well pull the trigger. But, um, you know, like I said, it'll, we'll see what happens this summer. I, I, I do not have a glow, uh, crystal ball on this one. Um, it, it'll just be interesting. That's all I got for you. So uh, thank you again for having me on. Absolutely, Nick. You're uh, ho hope to definitely see you here uh, next Friday for another Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. So thank you as always for joining. Anytime. And guys, uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Prudential Zero if you have not. And uh, looking forward to uh, continuing uh, Locked On Panthers uh, for the summer. And maybe you'll get vacation mode, Nick, next week. Maybe I'll put on a, a little character or something, make it a little fresh around here. <laughs> Possibly so. Can't wait for that one. So thank you so much, Nick, as always. Thank you. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you've been notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. From first round matches to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news, opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.